0: And today I want to show you the most important spiritual quality that has the greatest potential not only to impact the trajectory of your year, but to impact your life. And this quality is the key to your spiritual strength, it's the key to your ministry impact, it's the key to your physical health, your relational intimacy, it's the key to your financial potential. And this quality is the key to accomplishing your goals. So do you want to know what the key is? Well, first let me tell you what it's not. The good news is that it's not based on your appearance. It's not based on your background. It's not based on your education. Here it is. The quality that has the potential to impact your entire life is your consistency. So let's actually say it together. Consistency. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, it's your consistency. It's your consistency that has more potential to impact your life than you could ever imagine. And if you're thinking, oh man, I'm screwed at this point, right? Because so many of us are incredibly inconsistent. We're inconsistent with what we eat, we're inconsistent with our desire to exercise, we're inconsistent with reading the Bible or our prayer time, or sometimes we can't even get to places on time consistently. In other words, you might even say that the only thing we're consistent at is being inconsistent. But if you find yourself, like the rest of us, with really good intentions, but you struggle to actually follow through, I want you to know that I get it. I completely understand. There are so many areas of my life that I've been inconsistent in. It's embarrassing. Most of you probably already know them if we've hung around more than a few weeks. (laughs) But for example, I'll tell you one. As a pastor, what is something that you would think, this is a pretty important thing that you should do consistently. And this is an important thing that you should do consistently even with your spouse. Well, chances are pretty good that if you're a pastor and you're married, that we should pray together. And that just as a pastor, I should, should pray often. And it, it sounds like something a pastor should do, and I've always known it's important, and I've always wanted to pray with Amanda, but for years and years and years, we were incredibly inconsistent with our prayer time. I remember the first day being a youth pastor, and suddenly someone came in and they said, oh, Pastor Kevin. And I'm like, whoa, what? That's weird. And then I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like moving my stapler and my pen to different sides of the desk, and I just started cold calling kids. But inconsistent is actually a very generous way that I'm putting this, because it it means a lot of the time, I just didn't do it. I, I didn't pray consistently. Amanda and I didn't pray consistently together. And then we started saying, especially recently, we need to do this, okay? God's on the move, the enemy's on the attack, we need to start praying together. So, we decided that what we would do is drop the kids off at the school bus, and then we'd come home and take 15, 20 minutes to read the Bible and uh, pray together. And that was awesome for three days. Because then a kid got sick, and it's like, oh, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. And then the snow days ha- just one thing after another, you know, right? Like, so, three days were awesome, and then you're kind of like looking back three weeks later thinking, what happened? <laughs> So if you find yourself in kind of a similar uh, situation where you're wanting to do these spiritual disciplines, but you're struggling with inconsistency, well, I hope that you'll find some strange comfort in knowing that the guy who wrote a good chunk, the majority of the New Testament, often found himself battling with inconsistency. The Apostle Paul in Romans 7 verse 15 said this. He said, I don't really understand myself. Doesn't that make you feel good? I think that all the time. It's like, I don't understand myself. I don't get it. I don't know why I do this. But then he said, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. I, I want to do what's good, but I don't I do not do it. I, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyways. Man, can I relate to that. So if you know consistency matters, but you find yourself often inconsistent and you're tired of having good intentions, but falling short again and again, this message is for you. And we're calling it the power of consistency. So Heavenly Father, God, I just pray this morning that by the power of your word and the presence of your spirit, that you would teach us, encourage us, inspire us, and move us to a God-honoring life of consistently following Jesus, empowered by your spirit. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So if you're new with us this morning, whether in person or watching this later online, we do things called a message series where we kind of focus on a certain theme or topic for weeks at a time, and we're in our message series called Pre-Decide. And what does it mean to pre-decide? Well, we understand that as followers of Jesus, our decisions are incredibly important. And we know that the direction of our life is determined by the quality of our decisions. We make our decisions, and then our decisions end up making us. And even just the slightest change in trajectory can take us to a completely different end result. But the problem is, many of us are not very good decision makers. So what we're doing, instead of waiting for a moment in the future when we're faced with a situation and trying to figure out okay, what do I do now, we're actually going to pre-decide now in this moment what we're going to do when that situation comes. And I was thinking about it and my wife and I are perfect examples of this growing up. She grew up knowing exactly who she was and she just was confident in herself and she knew she would do this and wouldn't do this and wanted this and didn't want that and I was just all over the place. I still am most days. And I'm just like, I don't know, maybe over here. Maybe. And this is why I need this series, because, man, I loved what she had, how she knew herself so well. And I just thought it even applies down to our youth. Like, as, as a youth, I, I waited to get in the situations, and then I'm like, okay, come on, Jesus, help me make a good decision here. And I'll be honest, I didn't often make the good one. <laughs> but Amanda did. And there's something about knowing who we are and our values and what God's placed in our heart that when we know that, it makes the decisions easier when the time comes. So we have a little statement that we've been looking at for a few weeks, and the statement goes like this. When faced with blank, fill in any situation that you have, and then I've pre-decided to do blank, to take this very specific action. This is an incredibly powerful tool that can impact your life. And then we're also making 6 predecisions and spending one week talking about each of them. So last week, we know that the devil attacks, so we're going to be ready for his attacks. This week, we're talking about consistent, and then we're going on to devoted, generous, faithful, and following the example of Jesus, who on the cross said, it is finished we're predeciding that we too are finishers. And what I love is having that I am right in the middle because it reminds us that God is the great I am. He is all of these things and more, and it's because of him that we can be these things. It's, it's great news because it's not up to you. It's not up to trying to white-knuckle it to get it done. But through Christ, he empowers us to be these things. So, I don't want to do this alone today, so I'm going to invite you to say this with me. And we're just going to read through each one. We're going to say, I am ready, and go through all of them. So, if you'll say it with me, I am ready, I am consistent, I am devoted, I am generous, I am faithful, and I am a finisher. What we're doing today is we're pre-deciding together, communally, that We're not doing this alone. Because again, just like God is the great I am and we can do it through him, he's also designed us as his body, the church, to to come together and encourage one another. Because there are going to be days that you're not consistent and we're going to be talking about that today. But it's always so encouraging to come to church and meet with someone who's able to remind you, to point you back, to get your feet back on The path, to head towards consistency. But again, it's with God's help that we're consistent. It's with God's help I am consistent. So I'm going to have you repeat that with me too. With God's help, I am consistent. With God's help, I am consistent. So why does consistency matter? Because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And we know this is true. Successful people do over and over and over again what other people do every now and then. Because it's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what we do consistently. And so what I want to do today is I want to show you in Scripture why consistency matters and show you how to grow in your consistency in a way that would honor God. So if you're ready, then let's dig in. We're going to go into the Old Testament. I want to look at a Bible character from the Old Testament who may be one of the most consistent spiritual leaders of all time. This guy was ridiculous. His name is Daniel. So we're going to be going to the book of Daniel if you want to f- follow along. We're going to jump into Daniel chapter 6. But he was incredibly consistent morally. He was incredibly consistent relationally, spiritually, spiritually. He was consistent in his leadership. So to give you a little background on the story, around 605 BC, about 18 years after the evil Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem, the Babylonians came in there and the government abducted a lot of young men and young boys, and they did three deportations. And they took all these people, but they specifically picked the best and brightest young men, often around the age 12. And their goal was to indoctrinate them. So we're going to feed you our type of food. We're going to teach you our education. We're going to teach you our values so that the best of the best can become part of us and maybe even future leaders. So it was kind of like a slap on the enemy's face. Like We're taking your best and brightest, and we're also going to train them so that they become our leaders. And so Daniel stood out. The king, his name was King Darius, and he noticed that this young kid, Daniel, displayed unusual consistency. And consistency is contagious. It's attractive. It builds great leaders. And so King Darius said, hey, this kid's got it. I want to raise him up. I want to promote him. But some of the Babylonian leaders were jealous of that, and they said, we don't want this guy getting our positions. So they decided, hey, let's dig up some dirt on Daniel. So they went into his life. Maybe they talked to old girlfriends and said, hey, do you have any dirt on this guy? Or they went to his old social media posts and they looked at what he tweeted seven years ago and tried to get him canceled. But oddly enough, they couldn't find anything. So here in Daniel 6, 4, it says, they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. How crazy is that? Like... Even just thinking about that, I'm like, man, what did I post on Facebook like 10 years ago or whatever, like those are powerful qualities. It says he was faithful, he was always responsible, and he was completely trustworthy. He was faithful, he was responsible, he was completely trustworthy. So what do you need to have to have those qualities? Well, ultimately, you need to have consistency. And so these enemies who didn't want Daniel getting their job said, okay, there's only one way we can get this guy. He's so devoted to God that we're just going to attack that. And so these guys went to the king and said, hey, king, we've got an idea for you. Like, you're the best, you're the goat, you're looking good today. Anyone who prays to any god beside you, in the next 30 days, let's throw them into the lion's den. And the king looked down, and he's thinking, like, yeah, I am pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about myself, so let's make that decree. Anyone who prays to anyone other than me will be thrown into the lion's den. So what do you think Daniel, who was faithful and consistent to God, did in that situation? Well, Daniel 6.10 answers that question, and watch the consistency in his relationship with God. Scripture says this, When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Did you catch that? Daniel did what he always did. He consistently pursued the heart of God. And so the leaders found out that he had disobeyed the king's orders and they said, you have to throw him in the lion's den. And the king wasn't happy about it, but he stood by his word and they threw him in the lion's den. It's game over, don't pass go, don't collect $200, it's over. But what happened is God sent an angel and the angel closed the mouth of the lions. And here's what happened to Daniel, verse 23. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted God. So question, when did Daniel learn to trust God? The answer is that he didn't learn in the lion's den. He learned in his prayer closet. His faith wasn't built in the battle. His faith was built when he was on his knees He had consistently sought after the heart of God three times a day, day after day, week after week, month after month. He consistently sought God. So why is it that some of us are inconsistent with our relationship with God? Well, it's because Daniel prayed consistently and we pray occasionally. It's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what we do consistently. So, the question becomes, how do we grow in our consistency? And if we want to be an encouragement to our spouse, but every time he walks in the door, we pick him apart, well, how do we grow in our consistency? So, I want to give you a game plan today with three important thoughts. We're going to pre-decide that we are consistent. And the three big thoughts are this. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to start with the why. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to plan to fail. And the third thing we're going to do is we're going to fall in love with the process. We're going to start with the why. We're going to plan to fail and fall in love with the process. So let's start at the top. Number one, if we want to grow in consistency, we're predeciding that we're consistent. We're going to start with the why. So answer the question, why did Daniel pray consistently? And I'll tell you, it was never about an outward show. It wasn't like the Pharisees standing on the street corner trying to pray the long-winded prayers to look holier than thou. Daniel went to his closet privately, knelt down three times a day because he was devoted to God. That's why he did it, because he was devoted to God. He pre-decided that three times a day, I'm going to connect with the heart of God. It was born out of devotion. And this is the very reason why I think so many New Year's resolutions fail, because they're a result of desire, not devotion. That's a huge difference. It's a result of desire, not devotion. If you just have the desire, but not the why, well, the why is what pulls out the devotion. If you don't have a compelling why, you're not likely to concede. And the reason why I know most New Year's resolutions fail is because we waited till January 1st to do it, right? It's kind of like, okay, I'm going to eat healthy. You decide it before Christmas or maybe after Christmas after a big meal. And you're like, but I'm going to wait till the 1st, so I'm going to eat like crap now. And, and then on January 1st, you're going to be like, ooh, a salad. This is looking good. Well, no. Like, you're going to go back to the chocolate cake, the ice cream, the cocoa puffs, like, in about three days because that why is not compelling. If you have a real why, you're not waiting till January 1st. If your doctor tells you in October that, hey, you need to cut out smoking because your lungs aren't going to last long, well, you're not going to say, okay, I'm going to wait till January 1st. No, you're going to say, okay, I need to make some changes now. Where do you want to be more consistent? Where do you want to grow? Start with the why. Somebody might say, well, I want to be closer to God. And that's great. Someone might say, well, I want to have a better marriage. Awesome. I want financial stability. I want to quit this bad habit. Why? Why? If you say, well, I want to be closer to God because it's the right thing to do. That's what church people do. No. It should be because I am sick and dang tired of the devil distracting me. I believe I'm created by God for his glory and I want to serve him wholeheartedly. I've experienced hope in Christ and I want to share that with everyone else. Well, that why is going to drive devotion. I want to have a better marriage. Why? Well, my spouse is a jerk. I'm sick of them. Pray for them. Pray for me. (laughs) No, no. What if the why becomes, well, I want to honor God with the vows that I said before him. I want to show my children a godly example of what marriage can be and leave a spiritual legacy for my future grandchildren that we are people of faith and that we have a marriage of faith. So what's your why? Well, I want to have financial stability. Why? So I can get those new shoes, so I can go on vacation. No, because I'm sick and tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I'm worrying if I can pay that bill and not pay that bill. And I want to be financially free so I can be generous and make a difference in this world. What's your why? The why moves it from desire to devotion. I want to quit this bad habit. Why? Because it's expensive, it's bad for my health. No, not the greatest. But what if it becomes, this has been something that's been in my family for generations, and this generational curse stops with me? That's a why. That's a real why. And we're not just talking about willpower, but we're talking about God's power. When we understand the why, it brings out our devotion. And this is when the king says, you can't pray. No, I got my why. I need my God. Three times a day. I'm going to seek God in prayer. Because I promise you, when you want to be consistent, you're going to have some obstacle, some resistance, something that's hard, and you're going to hit a wall and you're going to say, I don't feel like it today. I don't want to do it today. But when you know your why, you will find a way. I've been a pastor long enough to know that the devil doesn't take a day off. So while working on this message, I've even been reminded that I need to be seeking God every day and every moment of the day. But everything I do depends on the spirit of God, the presence of God, the power of God. My marriage needs the grace and work of God. My leadership for our kids. I need wisdom to lead the church. Why would I not seek God? When your values are clear, your decisions become easier. If you want to become more consistent, Define your why. Start with the why. Daniel knew his why. His faith wasn't built in the lion's den, but it was built in the prayer closet. The second thing, and this sounds really counterintuitive to what we've been saying, but I promise you it's important. You plan to fail. You actually plan to not be perfect. So think about this. Daniel prayed three times before. We just read that. Just like he did before. So here's a question. Do you ever think he missed one of his prayer times? Let's not act like he's perfect. He's a person. Of course he did. We often over-spiritualize these people, but I guarantee you he missed one of his three prayer times. I promise you. And how do I know? Well, because he's a human being that lives in a very real world. Maybe King Darius one time said, Daniel, you've got to stay late for work. And he missed his evening prayer time. Or maybe he was, he was caught in traffic. The camels were all at a standstill. <laughs> maybe he stayed up too late watching the big game, binging the latest docuseries, slept through the morning alarm. I don't know. Work with me on it. But I guarantee you he missed one of his prayer times somewhere along the way. And why is it that so many of us are inconsistent? And this is what I'm most guilty of. It's because we have an all or nothing mindset. It's because if we, we fail one time, we think we're a failure. I failed, so forget it. And that's why we have to remember that being consistent isn't the same as being perfect. There is such a big difference. You wanna give yourself grace to fail because being consistent is not the same as being perfect. So here's what we know. As we talk about praying, and you might be thinking, you're talking a lot about praying. Well, maybe somebody here needs to hear it. But when I teach people how to pray, or when I taught our How to Pray series online a couple years ago, I often remind people to keep it simple and keep it short. And if you miss one day, don't miss two. And why do we do that? Why keep it simple? Well, if you make it complicated, you're not going to do it. Why keep it short? Well, if you think you've got to do it for hours, you're not going to do it at all. So we're, we're lowering the bar in a sense. Why? It's because I want to get you started. Does it mean you can't pray longer? Of course not. In fact, if you start praying shorter, chances are you'll eventually start praying longer. But if I tell you to pray longer, well, then you're just not going to do it at all. And then, if you miss a day, Don't miss two. Why? Because you're going to miss a day. Sometimes I miss a day, and if it makes you feel better, just remember that I'm giving you permission. (laughs) Say, well, he told me I could, but here's the thing. You're going to mess up, so plan to allow for it. Know that a momentary failure is actually part of the process, but here's the problem. It's the illusion of perfection that keeps some of you from getting started. Well, I'll never be great at that, so I might as well not even try. I had to work with Landon on this as I was teaching him the sport of golf last summer. (laughs) When he has a good game, he loves it. And then as soon as he has a bad game, he wants to pack it up and go home. I guess we all kind of want to do that, but the illusion of perfection keeps us from getting started. So I would say the same thing's true with following Jesus. There's some of us who who just aren't following Jesus or just aren't following as closely as we ought to be. And it's like, well, that's because what if I start following him? Then I mess up. I'm going to swear. I'm going to flip somebody off. I don't know what it is. But the answer is you probably will. But don't let that stop you from even starting because you want to follow Jesus. So to illustrate, I'll put it this way. How many people here have taken karate? Karate? Is anyone taking karate here? All right, one person. Do, do, do you guys at least have an understanding of how the belt system works? So in karate, you, it, it's hard to get a belt, but you start with your white one, and then I had to write down the order of this. You start with white, then you go orange, blue, yellow, green, brown, and then black belt. And that's kind of like the upper echelon, like what you wanna get to. And you get these little stripes along the way, so once you go for a while in your instruction, and you did good, you get a stripe, and you're like, yes, I'm so excited. It's like second grade, getting the gold star. But I'll be upfront. front. I, I took karate for two or three weeks. I, my church had it, I think, on Thursday nights, and, and some friends were there, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll show up. And after the third week, I, I, I was done. <laughs> but two of my good friends were actually black belts or double black belts or And it was crazy, the talent and skill that these guys had. Uh, The craziest part was when my friend Dan would do his stretches and his one leg would go straight over his head and touch the wall above his head. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) But I've heard this said. Which belt do you think is the most difficult to get? Obviously, the black belt, right? The highest? Nope. The most difficult is the white belt because most people never start. So, in a way, I actually obtained the hardest belt. (laughs) No, I didn't even get my white belt. But I've also heard, what is a black belt? Someone you run from? (laughs) No, a black belt is a white belt that never gave up. A black belt is a white belt that was consistent. Friends, let's face it, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to miss a practice. We're going to eat the wrong thing. We're going to oversleep or not work out or going to buy something stupid when we're trying to get out of debt or you're going to look at something you shouldn't look at. You're going to be reading the Bible every day on the Bible app and then you're going to miss a day and lose that streak. No! But now, supposedly, there's a form you can submit online to get your streak back, but supposedly, I haven't done that once or twice, (laughs) But don't confuse being consistent with being perfect. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with why, we're going to plan to fail, and then we're going to fall in love with the process. We're going to fall in love with the process. Daniel wasn't praying because it was a duty. He just loved spending time with God. He loved the intimacy of it. So here's what I know about him because I know his character. He wasn't saying, hey, if I'm all this stuff, I'm going to get promoted. He was just consistently living his life in a way that honored God. And here's the mistake that so many of us make is we obsess about the goal. Well, I've got to get my black belt. I've got to lose 20 pounds. I've got to pay off both credit cards. I've got to read through the whole Bible, whatever it is, whatever your goal We obsess about the goal, and then we're inconsistent. And we feel like we don't succeed until we've hit the goal. But yet, the goal is so far out in the future, and the path is often so much more windy. But that's why we don't obsess about the goal. We fall in love with the process. What I know is if I'm consistent, I will make progress. And here's what's so important about whatever goal is, is you're not successful when you achieve the goal in the future. You're successful when you honor God today. I think that's the biggest thing that we can take from this, is it's not about the goal in the future. It's about just honoring God today with our decisions, with our behaviors, with what steps we're consistently taking. That's when you're successful so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna predecide. Before we face that decision, we pre-decide. With God's help, I'm consistent. With God's help, and here's the key: it is with God's help. Like I said, it's not about you just trying to white knuckle it and be consistent on your own. Paul said this, and he said, I don't even understand myself. And then later in the text, he asked a question. Who can deliver me from this body of inconsistency or this body of death? And then he said, praise be to Jesus Christ. He is the one who can empower us to live a life that honors God. We predecide, with God's help, whatever it is for you, with God's help, with God's help, I'm going to cut out soft drinks. With God's help, I'm going to walk three times a week. With God's help, I'm going to put an extra $50 towards my debt each month. With God's help, I'm going to read his word every single day. As a devoted follower of Christ, we're predeciding, so that our decisions aren't made in the future and in the moment, but we're pre-deciding today what we're going to do before God. So my question to you is this. Where is God calling you to be consistent? In what area of your life? So just take a moment and be open. You might even want to close your eyes. Just say, God, where do you want me to be consistent? Where could I honor you more or be more faithful? Show me, God. Maybe it's in your prayer time, your giving, your words, your attitude. The time when you go to bed. Maybe in what you look at or don't look at. Maybe in the way you treat people around you. But God, where do you want me to be consistent? And let him speak to you because he will speak. And I believe he is speaking. He'll show you the values that matter to him and should matter to you. And when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. So pre-decide, I'm consistent. Three times a day, Daniel said, I seek the Lord, I predecide." That's not going to happen by accident. It's a decision you have to make ahead of time. You start with the why, you know you're not perfect, so you plan to fail, and then you fall in love with the process. And the great news is you're not successful when you achieve the goal in the future. But before God, you are successful when you honor him today. So with God's help, may you honor him in consistency in the area that brings him glory and makes you effective in this world. So pray this with me. God, it's with your help that we predecide to be consistent. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would do surgery on our hearts today and we'd be open to what you want to say. God, help us to overcome our sin nature of inconsistency. By the power of your spirit, when we're weak, you are strong. Help us be consistent in all we do. God, I thank you in advance that there's some people here today or watching this message later online that years from now they'll recognize their life has been changed by pre deciding to honor you consistently in some area of their lives. Church family, brothers and sisters, if there is an area you know you can grow in consistency, you know that area, what that area is, and you want to take it before God, just simply pray, God, help me be more consistent. And now, Father, I pray that your spirit would empower us, that you would give us a clear and compelling why connected to glorifying you. God, help us to understand that because we're fallen people, we're not going to be perfect, but we're going to fall in love with the process of honoring you day by day, doing what you have called us to. And we're just going to trust you with the results. God, build our faith. Empower us, God, your church, to consistently show your love, to consistently be full of grace, to be generous, to confess our sins, to be righteous before you. God, help us to consistently be your light in a dark world. Father, Scripture says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Anyone who hears his voice lets him in. He'll come in. He's there. He's waiting for you to say yes. So Father, we just pray now, forgive us of our sins. Save us. Fill us with your spirit so that we can know you and serve you. Thank you for new life. We give you ours. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.